Well, look at the one next to you and say, are you ready? How many know it's important to be ready? Amen. How many are ready this morning to receive the word of God? We want to welcome the congregation. Let's welcome all the visitors that are here this morning from Oklahoma, Michigan, and around Missouri. We're glad you're here with us today. We trust you've had a good week. We've got some great things going this week. I want to remind you about our Wednesday night service. That is a night where a lot of things are happening around here. And, and, you know, and how many know that sometimes our attitude needs a little adjustment? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I've heard people say, well, what is Wednesday night? Is that like a just children's night? And uh, it is not. It's a full service that night. And in fact, it is one of the most exciting services of the week because we have all the children's ministries. We have junior high, senior high, and adult service over here. And it is really an awesome time. And actually, sub-30s also on that night. So I want to encourage you to uh, come out on a Wednesday night. The service is not as long because of school. I had a little uh, quote here that Bill and Joni gave me as they, they were out of town this weekend. And it says, a man was asked, what do you think about ignorance and apathy? And the man replied, I don't know. I really don't care. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and pray today. Father, we want to thank you for the word of God. And as we minister the word today, Father, we thank you the word has power. Glory to God to change our lives. Power to inspire us, to encourage us. Father, to make adjustments in our lives. And Father, we purpose to grow this day. And Father, our life is never going to be the same. As we are ready, we anticipate the Spirit of the Lord to move mightily in this service. Our minds are alert, our hearts are receptive, and we are ready to receive the Word of God today. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Look with me in your Bibles in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know there is no other peace that can be found except in Jesus? I mean, how many know that's the greatest day of your life when you were born again and you experienced the awesome peace of God? You experienced the new birth of the Spirit. And you know, in order to maintain that peace, how many know it's one thing to have peace and how many know it's another thing to maintain that peace? It's one thing to be saved, and it's another thing to be growing. It's another thing to be married and have a good marriage. Can you say amen? So there's a lot of things that we need to grow in and maintain. And, and I want to share some things with you today. Actually, we started on this uh, last week on a Sunday about seven keys to a life of peace. But before we go there, let me remind you of 2 Timothy 3.16. I want to go back with you through a couple of scriptures just to remind you how powerful the word is and really the responsibility that I have as a pastor to not just make you feel good. And I surely want you to feel good. Everybody say amen. amen. I mean, I want you to feel good. I mean, I'd like you to come back. You know, but my responsibility goes a little deeper than that. It goes to the fact that I am interested in you growing. I'm interested in your soul. I'm interested in you. Listen. Not just starting your race. By the Spirit of God, I'm interested in you finishing your race. I'm interested in you not just being born again and being counted in. I want to be able to say, man, count on me, Pastor. Amen? 
I want to see you not just bear some fruit. I'd like to see you bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. When you stand before the Lord one day, and that's a part of my responsibility. So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, in the Amplified, it says every scripture. Now think about that. Every scripture. So there's no way we can come to church and say, well, I've heard that before. You know, I come to church, you know, oh, yeah, I'm, you know. You know, how many know that we are always in a position if we adjust our attitude to grow? Amen? It's not like we know more than everybody else and oh, I'm just going to hang out today. Listen, with that attitude, you're already into the beginning of deception. Because when you think you know more than the pastor, you know more than the leaders of the church, you are in big trouble with God and you just don't know it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. All right. Uh, you say, I've never heard it said so strong. Well, stick around. Hallelujah. This is going to be a good day. Amen. Don't leave. All right. Every scripture is God-breathed. Think about that. Given by his inspiration. Look at how powerful his word is that it's profitable. God's word is profitable. What for? Instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness. And in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. And look at verse 17. So that the man of God may be complete, proficient, well-fitted, thoroughly equipped. Come on. For every good work. How many, It's all about every good work. It's about the works that we do. So everybody that's in the world watching us, they say, man, I'm a believer in Christ. I go to Living Word Church. But if our works don't equal up with our testimony, amen, then we're in trouble. So our, our works and our lifestyle needs to do that. And that's, that's my responsibility as a pastor to encourage you to obey the word, amen? Not condemn you, but to just encourage you. And I want to be an encourager. Look in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Here's an here's a exhortation to ministers, pastors here, especially till I come, devote yourself to public and private reading, exhortation, preaching, and personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that, uh, that special inward endowment, which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Brother Hagen laid hands upon me, and I believe that it was imparted to Pastor Jonah and I. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Look well to yourself, to your own personality, and to your own teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold on to them. For by doing so, by doing, you will both save yourself, listen to this, save myself and those that hear me. I mean, that's a big responsibility, amen? I'm here to help, help keep, you, keep you saved, amen? Help keep you going on for the Lord. I, I can't save you, but I can help you stay saved. Say amen. All right, now, here's another good one. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This one came last night before I went to bed, and I wrote it down in the Amplified Bible, and that is this. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, there's times that even when I was w with uh, some fr uh, friends of ours this week, you know, I talked to some people, and they said they, they know this one particular lady that uh, really doesn't think it's important to go to church. And, but she can sit home and watch Joel Osteen and all her favorite little preachers with a little clicker. And, and, of course, if you run across something you don't like or that's uncomfortable, 
<laughs> you can just go ahead and switch over to a different preacher. Amen. Whatever happened to just going to church, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, and let the Holy Ghost have a message that God has for you and be willing to say, amen, I surrender all. I'm, maybe I need to make an adjustment. Maybe, maybe I'm getting in a lair here. Maybe I'm going in the wrong direction or maybe I'm doing just great. Whenever you preach on tithing, all the tithers say, glory to God, that's good. The non-tithers are very uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean we're in error. It doesn't mean you should leave the church because, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. Does God need to change? Do we need to preach a different message? No, I believe the Holy Ghost wants to help us get out of apathy, get out of sin, of wrong teaching, so the Word can... How many want all the Word to profit you? Come on. Look at, okay, look at verse 1. I see some of you are not running with me in that idea there. All right. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by and in the light of his coming and his kingdom... Now look at this. I thought about this because I wanted to finish this message. And you know, in my mind, I think maybe I should preach a really encouraging message today and nothing about any responsibility or sin or anything like that. Just keep it happy. And then I read the scripture. <laughs> I read the scripture, you know. And, and here's what it says here. To me as a preacher, herald and preach the word of God. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand in the Amplified. Be ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. How many of the Christianity is not always convenient? Doing what's right may not always be convenient. But it says whether it's welcome or unwelcome. What you as a preacher of the word are to show people. Here it is in what way their lives are wrong. Are you here this morning? Now I can tell you, you're really excited. Can you say amen over here? Amen. Come on, give me a little encouragement. Amen? amen? Okay. In what way their lives are wrong? Wow. And convince them, though, rebuking. <laughs> rebuking. Is there a place for rebuking? Can you handle it? That's the question. Can you handle it? The last guy said, I can't come to your church anymore. I'm very uncomfortable. I tried to rebuke him. He didn't receive it. <laughs> I did it in love, though. I really did. I tried to encourage him. But, you know, I find out that's not my responsibility to change people's lives. And my responsibility is to preach the word and show people how to live right. It's to preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, and then you are to take it and receive it, and make the adjustments. And there are people today that do not want to hear the Word. It's hard for me to understand that. There's people that do not want to live right. There are people that just want to flesh out and do what feels good, and they don't want anybody telling them it's wrong. But that is not going to be this church. 
Because I'm going to be more than a professional orator, more than just a star, and make everybody feel good. I am going to preach the Word. And listen, I do want to encourage you. know I preach messages on uh, five ways to praise God and in how you can encourage yourself in the Lord. But there's also a time, and that's why I'm in this message I'm sharing this. There's also a time we need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Because you may be thinking this morning, who does he think he is talking like this to me? He seems a little cocky. Listen, there's a spirit of pride in you that needs to be dealt with. Because God loves you so much that he sent me here to preach this message to you today. Somebody on this side say amen. All right, here we go. Rebuking. Everybody say rebuking. Convincing, I try, no, really, I didn't rebuke this person. I, convinced, I tried to convince them. Correcting, or, look at it, warning, urging. Listen, how many here know if you're going to be totally going off in your life and your pastor warned you and it saved you from destruction, how many would be happy? Listen, when I was down at Ramah and Brother Hagwin's preaching messages, whew, brother, I'm telling you what, he heard the Spirit of God, and I made adjustments throughout all of my Bible college. And today, as I stand before great men of God and have great men of God over me, I continue to hear messages that help me. Can you say amen? And messages are supposed to help us, not condemn us. The Spirit of the Lord loves us so much, He will point out where we need to be changing. Amen? And look at this, and encouraging them. Be being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Look at this. Why? For the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another. Now this is to a considerable number. Now here's, what, here's where we have to be careful. Chosen by them not to God, by God, to satisfy their own liking. How many know we're not supposed to be pick and choose people? We're supposed to go when the Spirit of the Lord directs us, amen, and hook up and receive and get ready to grow. So chosen to satisfy their own liking and foster, look at, foster the heirs they hold. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. But as for you and us as a congregation, remain calm and cool, amen, and steady, accept and suffer unflinching even every hardship, do the work of an evangelist, but fully perform all the duties of your ministry. All right, let's all stand. <clears throat> now, I said all that to get into the message. I said all that to say this. We're living in an hour, brother and sister, where be hungry for the Word of God. Be passionate to grow, amen? Be teachable. Be teachable. Have that attitude of teachability. How many know you could be wrong? You could be wrong about something. How many have ever been wrong about something? Raise your hand. Amen. And we want to be teachable. We want to be in a position when you come to church. I said all that for the services ahead. I'm not going to say it next week. I said all that, say this, that in the day we're living in, thank God you're hearing the truth. Thank God you're hearing the word. And the Holy Spirit is allowed to move 
through tongues and interpretation, allowed to move, allowed to stop. We don't have a little sermonette planned here. We have to go by. The Spirit of the Lord loves you so much. He may have me walk right over and put my hand on you and say, talk to me after the service. <laughs> Listen, I was in Bible college and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Dad Hagen. He said, are you over there? He said, see me after the service. I have a very important word from the Lord. Now, Dad Hagen is like next to God. <laughs> Told me to stick around because he has a word for me. I am going to stick around because it could save my life. That man didn't do it. That man didn't do it. And it was, I don't know if it was weeks, months, but he died. Maybe that word from the Lord could have saved his life. Can you say amen? Say this. Thank, everybody say, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. This, is this is my Bible. I am what it says I, I, am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. I gave you the short version. You can be seated. I ministered to you uh, some, some things last week about keys to peace in your life. And one of them was you got to know who you are. You have to know who you are in the Lord. How many know that you've been bought with a price? You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And I won't go through all these points, but it's, you know, we belong to God. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus. We're new cre creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. And guess what? We are brand new creatures in Christ. Amen? We're alive unto God. And you know, when you start going to the Bible and find out who we are, the Bible says we're, we're, we're forgiven. We've been washed. We've been justified. We've been sanctified. We, we have, it says, everlasting life. And you know, if you go into 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, it says, He who has the Son, Jesus, has eternal life. And we can, it says, and we can know, we can know, you know, 1 John, I think there's like 14 times it talks about it's a book of assurance. You know, we, we met someone this week, and they said, you know, I was saved, but do I need to be resaved? No, once you're saved, you're saved. But, you know, there's, there's some churches that teach pretty, pretty shallow, and, and this particular individual really didn't know for sure if they're saved. How many know that you're not going to have a lot of peace in your life, a lot of joy in your life, a lot of confidence in your life, if you're really not sure you're saved? If you... At one time in your life, call on the name of the Lord. You receive, you pray the prayer of salvation. You made Jesus the Lord of your life, whether it's at 6 years old or at 12 years old or at 20 years old. Man, you are saved. It's not we get saved every time there's a revival. Once you're saved, you're saved. Amen? You're alive unto God. You're going to heaven. But now in order to have that peace of God in your life, there are things that we need to do. But one of them is to stay growing, stay excited about the Lord, you know, and, and, and uh, continue to grow in the Lord. Amen. Get to know the Lord. There's a lot of times we know about God, but we need to get to know the Lord. He's a good God. And I shared last week, He's Jehovah God. He's the great I Am. He's my healer. I was on, on the way today, I was saying, Lord, you're my healer, Jehovah Rapha. You're my peace, Jehovah Shalom. You're Jehovah Jireh. 
my provider, your El Shaddai, my God, who's more than enough. Amen. Your Jehovah Sukkano, my victory, my banner, glory to God. So you, you got to get to know the Lord and talk to him. And, and because of that, you have peace in your life. When you know the Lord, when you have a relationship with the Lord, you can talk to your Lord. You can talk to daddy every night. Amen. That's joy. That's peace. Number two, you got to know, you got to, you must know what the world is. Look with me in Colossians 3.1. And you know, how many have ever been on these uh, roads in Missouri? Uh, you know, how many know there's a lot of curves, a, a lot of, a lot of hills, a lot of, you know, and, and on these big valleys, there's some guardrails there. How many know what those guardrails are for? They're to keep you from going down those big ravines. And uh, God has guardrails. Guardrails. Guardrails, yeah. And, and these guardrails are to keep you safe. Amen? Keep us safe. You've got to know your boundaries. And we have to find out in the Word of God what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And we've got to know that God says, I, I don't want you to love the world. I don't want you to cherish the world. I don't want you to be, be conformed to this world. I want you to be on fire for me. Amen? I want you to be growing, renewing your mind and growing in me and finding out which, which that, if you want to look that up later, uh, finding out is the Ephesians 5. 10. Find out in your life what is acceptable to the Lord. And you know, if you do what is acceptable, guess what? You're going to have the peace of God in your life. That's the way it works, amen? When we, when we learn what is acceptable, look in Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ. Listen, sometimes people do not know what's acceptable. So they do what others are doing. How many know that can get us in trouble? Well, they're doing it. Or they're doing it over there. How many know that may not be good? So what? We have to get in the Word. We have to renew our mind, come to church, and find out. Now, this particular lady that they mentioned that was not going to church, she was also sit there, you know, drinking wine when they're watching TV. You know, drinking wine. You have a shot here, shot here, and all that. You know, and she probably doesn't know. How I many it's not good to sit watching Christian television all day drinking wine? <laughs> Wine's a mocker. Strong drink, drink is a raging. Amen. If you look in your Bibles. So, so she may think it's totally okay because she doesn't go to church and she's finding things that make her feel good. But how many know not everything that makes you feel good is good for you? I can see that didn't go over very well. Okay. We'll get back to the Bible then. Okay. If then you've been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead. Look at this. Just talking about you and I now. Aim at. Say, I'm going to aim at. See, that's what you and I are to do. Seek the rich eternal treasures that are above. You know something? I can live for the Lord, read my Bible. I was able to minister this week. Enjoy, you know, worshiping God, reading my Bible, living for the Lord, living right, doing what's right. And I had a blast. And I had peace in my life because I have eternal treasures with God. I have peace with God. I know that I'm going, amen. I know that I'm shouting the victory. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm enjoying the journey. That's pretty cool, amen. And I do not need anything else. To make me feel good. I already feel good. Amen. I am good. I, 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 in my spirit, I'm alive unto God. And it says right here, 
and set your minds. Set your minds, verse 2, and keep them set on what's above and high, the higher things. How many know there's higher things than things on this earth? Not, look at, we're to keep them set on those things that are above, the higher things, not on things on, that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, remember I said you can have that peace, you've got to know what the world really is. Here's what I said. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Listen, if we're saved, we are going to be different than the world. We're going to want different things in the world. Amen? And we're going to want to please the Lord. We're going to find out what's acceptable. And that's what I found out when I become a Christian. You find out what's acceptable and you start doing those things. Amen? And you may have to change playmates and playgrounds and find new Christian friends that like to serve the Lord too. Amen? And you can still witness to these people. Look what it says, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in splendor of his glory. Look at verse 5. So kill. Everybody say kill. <laughs> Deaden. Deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your what? Not in your spirit, but in your members. In your body. How many know we're spirit, soul, and body? Your spirit's alive unto God. Our mind needs to be renewed. This body needs to be told what to do. How many know if you go by what your body wants, we could be in trouble. If I did what my body wants, Justin, I'd be down at Ben and Jerry's right now. Or Starbucks. I, you know, I'd just hang out eating ice cream all night long because I like ice cream. You know? But I probably won't look as slim and trim as I do. No, no we have to discipline our body. How many found that out? You just let your body eat everything it wants to do. Oh, well, we'd be in big trouble, wouldn't we? Amen? So it goes on to say here, those animal impulses and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sens sensual appetites, unholy desires. You mean as a Christian, I could have those temptations? How many can testify you have had those temptations? Amen? That's the body. That's, that's the world trying to creep in. That, you know, but, and all the greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry. The divine of the self and other created things instead of God. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience. Those who are obstinately opposed to the what? Divine will. Among whom you also once walked, everybody say once walked, when you were living in and addicted to such practices. But now, write that in your Bible, circle it, make a big arrow to it, but now. What's different? But now, put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feelings toward others. Should, can Christians have bad feelings toward others? You probably could, but get rid of it as soon as you can. Curses and slanders and foul mouth abuse. <laughs> You know, once I got saved, I still, how <laughs> I many know once you got saved, you still had bad thoughts? <laughs> There's times maybe you slipped and said a bad word. How many of you remember that? Amen? But how many know as you grew, you began to change the way that you talk? I heard, uh-huh. Amen? Now you're, you, you know, 
You're talking and you're saying things that are edifying to other people, and how many know, find out what's pleasing to the Lord. If I just went ahead and cussed a little bit right now, how many know you wouldn't appreciate it? All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Look, look, just go way down real quick to verse 12. Clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen ones. Clothe. Put on new clothes. Amen. His own picked, rep picked representatives. How many know you are his representatives? How many know things have changed in your life? Come on. Get to know who you are in the Lord. Find out what's in the world. We're not like the world anymore. Man, we're his representatives. We are children of the light. Ephesians 5, 8. Walk, it says, as children of the light. And it says, put in, holy and beloved well by God himself. By putting on behavior. Look at the one next to you and say, how is your behavior today? Now, don't get mad at each other for asking that. All right. How's your behavior today? <laughs> Marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feelings, a lowly opinion of yourself, gentle ways, patience, which is tireless and long-suffering. It goes on and on. Look at verse 12 down there. It said, readily pardoning each other. Listen, people make mistakes. We've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. Yes, you have. But guess what? We can pardon each other, can't we? Love overlooks people's mistakes. So it's not about that. We overlook people's mistakes. But how many know we just don't want to continue in them? Amen? And we want to be that shining light. We want to go. All right, number three. Number three, I shared with you, you got to know what your assignment is in the body of Christ. Discover where you fit in the body of Christ. Listen, there, this is a multi-talented, multi-gifted church here. Can you say Amen. I mean, we've got media going on. We've got children's ministers going. We've got greeting and usherings. We've got music. We've got so many things going on. Outreach. We've got bus ministry. It is so exciting to see the gifts and people coming out. Amen? We've got interns that are they're stirring up those gifts and, and uh, learning how to preach, learning how to teach, learning how to serve, learning how to work and all these things. You have a gift from God. Amen? You are... in divinely, divine, in 1 Peter 4.10, in the Amplified says, you are divinely, everybody say divinely. So it's not like a natural thing. It's like, I want to stir up and see what I want to do. You are divinely endowed by God. I'm not talking about your physical body. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the spiritual gifts. Amen. Amen. Some of you say, yes, that's me. I'm divinely endowed. <laughs> You have got a ministry of encouragement. You may have a ministry of exhortation. You may have a ministry of teaching in this local church, helping in different areas. You have a ministry of serving. You may have a ministry of giving in the sense you are gifted to make money to promote the gospel. Hal Stevenson said, Pastor, I cannot do what you're doing. He said that again to us. He said, I don't want to do what you're doing. But he said, I can make money and help you do what you're doing. I said, you're right on. Keep it coming. Amen. And, and, and people see that we're doing something for the Lord. Amen. But every one of you have a gift. Come on. Every one of you have a gift. Warren back there is teaching in the 180. His wife is doing drama. She's involved in music. That's just two people. You have a gift. You have a gift of serving back there. Can you say amen, Joanne? And we can just look throughout this auditorium. Draw. Get involved. 
plug in. You say, I don't know what to do. Talk to us. We'll get you involved. And guess what? After you begin serving, after you begin serving, all of a sudden, the gift will become more prominent. And you'll say, you know, I have a desire to teach children. I have a desire to worship. I have a desire to do this. And we'll bring out the best in you. Amen? And when you begin, listen, write this down. Serving people are the happiest people in the world. You talk to somebody that's serving, they are happy people. Amen? I mean, we've got to keep our attitude right. But really happy people are serving people. You go around and see people in different areas. They're not, I'm, I'm so mad that I'm at church tonight serving. <laughs> We're not going to get blessed with that attitude. But you see most people, they're really happy in their serving. I could take a minute right here and just ask three or four people that I know. They say, I love serving. Amen? And so get involved, plug in. It'll be good for the kingdom and you'll be at peace with God. Amen? Number four, number four. You and I must not compromise our life. If we want that peace, we cannot compromise our life. Can you say amen? Do you agree with that? We just cannot compromise our life. And I'll tell you what I want to share with you. I owe it, first of all, this just came out of my spirit, when I, I owe it to God to serve God and do and live right. How many know I owe it to the Lord? I said, how many know we owe it to the Lord to live for Him? Can you say Amen. I mean, he poured out his life. The love of Christ constrains us. He died on the cross for you. He shed his blood, amen, for us. He, he has forgiven us and taken us out of darkness into the marvelous light. He poured out his life and his love and his nature. He's for us, not again. We're his representatives. We belong to God, not the devil anymore, amen. We've been purchased with a price. I say, I belong to God. And when you begin to get a revelation of who you are in Christ, you'll never want to compromise who you are. I owe it to my friends and family to live right before God. I owe it to you as a congregation to live right. I said, I owe it to you as a congregation, as a pastor, to live right. Who else do we owe it to? We owe it, congregation, this congregation, the pastor, every one of the leaders here, we owe it to the world and every person that we've been witnessing to at the 180, every little child that we've run the buses back in the little hills and down the streets back there. I was on that street yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure what the name of it was. Down There was a trailer park way down there in 248, and, and you pick up kids on the buses there. We owe it to all those children, to the fi families, to the people that are standing outside maybe judging us. But let me, say, say, let me tell you this right now. The people in the world will watch us serving God. They won't say a word. Just watch us. But the minute we make a mistake, they'll be pointing their fingers. And if we keep serving God and our testimony matches our good works, one day they'll be sitting right next to you. Can you say amen? How many of us a big responsibility? Compromise for the Christian is the kiss of death to our testimony. Write that down. Compromise for the Christian is the kiss of death to our testimony. Look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Are you learning something today? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You said, Pastor, I came to be encouraged today. I am. I'm encouraging you. Don't compromise your life. You'll have such awesome peace. You'll be the happiest person on the face of the earth if you get involved. Amen. 
and begin to find out who you are. Look in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. God's own purchase special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and displays the virtues of, and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his what? Marvelous light. Once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people. Once you were unpitied, but now you are pitied and have received mercy. Beloved, I implore you as aliens, strangers, exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature that wage war against your what? Against your soul. Here at verse 12 now. When we, talk, when we talk about not compromising, here's what we need to do. Conduct yourselves properly, honorably, righteously among the, what, Gentile sinners, so that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet they may by, be, they may by witnessing your what? Good deeds come to glorify God in the day of inspection when God shall look upon you wanders as, pa as a pastor or shepherd looks upon his flock. Alright, number five. How many are going to work real hard at not compromising your life? In your notes, write down this scripture. 1 Peter 3, 10 through 12 and 2 Peter 1 1 through 10, and you can look that up later. For the sake of time, I want to go to number five. Number five, listen to this. If you're going to be at peace, look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. You have always, you've got to always be living by faith. If you want peace in your life, you've got to stay out of worry and fear and all that. You've got to be in faith at all times. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says this. <clears throat> Cast not away, therefore, your what? Your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. In, I'm in the, King, in the King James Version. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now, look at verse 38. Now, the just of what? Live by... How many know this is a good day to be living by faith? Amen. This is a good day to be living by faith. What's that? Trusting God. Totally trusting the Lord in your life for everything. Casting your care on the Lord. Staying in faith. They're just to live by faith. Look at verse, the rest of the verse. But if any man draw back, how many know you and I are not going to draw back? My soul shall not have no pleasure in who? in the person that draws back. But we are not of them that draw back into perdition or sin, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Joshua chapter 1. Let's look in Joshua chapter 1 real quick. Joshua chapter 1. So we're going to live by faith. Amen. We're going to keep marching on, living by faith, trusting the Lord. Joshua chapter 1. Let's look at, look at some encouraging words and the same word that you and I need to have today to keep living by faith, trusting God. Here it says in verse 1, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Notice some of the instructions about, about going on and pursuing 
what God has for them. It says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. Let's look down to verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. How many know we have the same promise over in Hebrews? I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. But look at verse 6, what we need to do. Be strong and what? Be strong and of what good courage. How many know that, a, that if we're not in faith, we're not going to have a lot of courage? We have got to be strong in faith. Look at verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Look at verse 9, have I not, what, commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, amen, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. So we need to stay in faith, amen. Number six, number six, we have to, if we're going to have the peace of God as a Christian, we need to forgive and love at all times. We need to forgive and love at all times. Look in Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. We need to forgive and love at all times, no matter what the circumstances. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says this. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. How, and look at verse, uh, in the Amplified, it says, For if we are in Christ Jesus, in verse 6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. How many know we can keep walking in love? How many know it's easy to get out of love? Amen. People may say things about you or do something, you know, whatever. But how many know we have a, we have a commandment to keep walking in love and forgive people. That's something we need to do because if you don't forgive people, you are not going to experience the peace that passes all understanding. How many know when people have done you wrong, you just say, you know, I just forgive them. How many can do that? How many know that's what Jesus did? How many know we did the Lord things wrong? Amen? And the Lord just looked down on us for God so loved the world that he just forgave us. He overlooked our sins, didn't he? And you and I can overlook people 